The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Flack. The Pet Buzz is dedicated to enhancing the bond between pets and their people. Each week, the Pet Buzz provides the latest news and information on how to keep your pets healthy and happy so you can save money and have a fulfilling relationship together. Now, here's your Pet Buzz hosts, Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. Don't you feel it in the air, Dr. Fleck? Fall um, is here. Yeah, it's only about 89 degrees. I, well, it's cooler weather. It's been cool <laughs> for the past few days. That's just in Florida, but around the country, as folks listen, I'm sure they'll agree with me. It's cooler weather. The kids have gone back to school. Yes, I must confess I was too parochial. Right. Yes. And here's the other thing. I hate to say it because it always seems too early, but the prep for the holidays has begun. So I don't know about you, but a lot of people think it's too early to prepare for Halloween. I got to tell you, and you know me. So when you hear the story, you'll know how I got my eerie up. Okay. So my neighbors down the street were decorating their yard and I walked by with the dogs one afternoon and uh, they were, you know, they had little ghosts and things and a big spider web up. And I said, yeah, I love Halloween too. I decorate not as early as you. I mean, it's not even like the Jewish holidays haven't passed and they're already <laughs> decorating for Halloween. I said, oh, I do a big pet cemetery. Well, wouldn't you know it? The next day, they had tombstones lying in the yard. So Uh-oh, I was competition. Getting, oh, you know it. You know it. So after well, I saw, first they had went to the store, they unwrapped them and they laid them out like where they were going to put them. And they threw like a skeleton in there. You know, the bone one that's falling apart like the dog. Somebody dug it up. Hmm. I told my neighbors, Chuck and Annie, if they think they can copy me, they can't even compete in my class for pet cemeteries, right? Pet cemeteries I have been working on since I started a small one in the corner of the backyard of the practice. Remember the one with the dog, the dog that we still can't find what happened to that dog. That dog was great. Anyway, so I decided this year I am going to teach them a lesson. (laughs) I'm going to bring it so bad. I got my game up. I went shopping on Amazon. I got some new headstones. I got some new skeleton pets. You're going to see dogs, cats, mice, vultures. I even have a flamingo. I had that from last year. Plus, we live in Florida, so that's why I've got a skeleton of a flamingo. I mean, they're not real skeletons, everybody. It's going to be amazing. My neighbors can count on it. I'm throwing down the challenge. Neighborhood competition. Yeah, it's like Light Wars. You know those shows where they do (laughs) curb appeal and Light Wars? This is going to be Halloween. Bring it hard. Bring it pet hard. Okay? Before we kick off the show, I want to give a shout out to our listening audience in Florence, and that's Russellville, Alabama on WGOLAM and WGOLFM and our friend John down there. Big love to you, babe. Big love. Hey, to you. John, how are you? Yeah. And we want to thank you, Virginia listeners in Roanoke at WFJX AM 910 and WJFX FM at 104.3. We just want to let you guys know we, we love, love you. you. Yes, we do. We love our listeners. We got so much to cover. The holidays are coming up soon. Uh, church is growing up by new puppy. But hey, let's review what the show is about this week. We're talking with Ellen Kasich of Casey Innovations, LLC, 
about his invention, his new invention, Kitty Cure. His invention allows you to manicure your cat's claws without stress and mess. Gotta love that. Got it. Got it. And we've just started our investigation of U.S. dogs left behind in Afghanistan. Did the U.S. military and other contractors leave dog behind in Afghanistan during the chaotic departure last month? A lot of people want to know about that. Absolutely. Hey, there's a new book on the market. It's entitled Pet Nation, the inside story of how companion animals are transforming our homes, culture and economy. The author is here to discuss how pets are transforming our lives. And joining us today is author Mark Cushing, founding partner and CEO of the Animal Policy Group. He has a unique job of advancing causes related to pets. His clients include Mars Veterinary Health, Zoetis, Royal Canin, PetSmart, and more. He also consults the shelters and helps veterinary schools get started and achieve accreditation. Very important. Mark, thanks for joining us again today. It's been a while since you've been here with us. It has. You got a great show, great audience. So uh, you know, I'm honored to be uh, to be able to jump in and answer some questions, and hopefully have some fun with pets. Hey, also congratulations about your new book, Pet Nation. It's was- a uh, you know <laughs> you're in Florida. It's it's, it's the, the term is like Gator Nation or Seminole Nation or or Dolphin Nation. It's that notion that. You know, sports fans don't talk about money and any of that. They just talk about last week's game and so forth. There's a real common bond. And that's what pets have done to me across the American landscape. So uh, appropriate. So appropriate. Absolutely. Well, so- and you know what else he got right? He said that we have great listeners and a great show. So that makes me he really He did happy. get that right. Yeah, yeah, we like that. So, Mark, what prompted you to write this book? Uh The fact is an agent found me, which which is a nice position to be in, um, because major publishers really wanted the story from the inside with some thought, not just a report. What happened in America in the last 20 years that just totally transformed uh, not just how we relate to pets, but the the role of pets in American culture, American society. And uh, I had been thinking about that for about five years uh, and, and was not planning to write a book, i tell you the truth. But uh, as it was proposed to me, I thought, let's take a run at it. And, and I uh, enjoyed writing it and, and the research and, and hopefully the public will like it. <laughs> and it's, it's about cats and dogs, just so you know. Well, if you look at the cover of the book, uh, a cat smiling, looking down at a dog like you can't get up here as fast as I can, which is what my bingles do every day with my papillon puppy who just can't understand their ability to elevate six feet, you know, on a moment's notice. So, yeah, you know, it's funny because I always like to hear what choice animals people have. So I love Bengals a lot. They're great cats. Um, They're fun. They're wild. They're fun to look at. And Papillons are so even though they're small, they're so agile. So uh, it's it there. So I've learned a lot about Mark already. And your visit is so appropriate visiting with us with our mission. Sure. Promoting our enhancing the bond between people, pets and their people. So that's great. Well, I've often I've often told people like this phrase. um, I often say my dog short, fast, smart and funny. And they say, well, that's you. I said, oh, I guess we. We like our dogs, you know, I, I, I'm, uh, but any event, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So question. anyway, I was going to say, you know, in Pet Nation reveals something about us, not about just our dogs and cats, but something has changed without our realizing it. So what what's changed? Yeah. 
What's changed well, about us? I think a couple of things. It's not the story that people like pets because people liked pets 20 years ago. Um, what's changed is that pets and veterinary medicine and healthcare and everything to do with pets move from kind of an accessory or a sideshow in American culture to right in the center of it. And, and how did that happen? And why did it happen? Because it wasn't like we got an order one day from politicians to do that or something. No, um, people experienced the human animal bond. And as you both know, that's a medical, that's a scientific thing that goes on in your brain and engagement with pets boosts your oxytocin, which makes you happy and relaxed. And it reduces your cortisol, which makes you stressed and, and anxious. And when pets came inside, and I'm a baby boomer, you're supposed to look at me and say, you can't be a baby boomer, but I am. And, and we were the generation uh, watching Lassie, watching Scooby-Doo, watching a host of shows. When pets started to come inside, it wasn't just go back in your backyard for 10 minutes when you got home from school and play, but they came inside. And I think what happened was the engagement with pets provoked in a positive way, this experience of, wow, this is just a lot more fun. This is, this means a lot more to me. Mark, um, we're up against a break. So can you please hang on and we'll pick up the conversation. Great. I, I think it's a, it's a fun interview and it's really thought provoking. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Need more buzz? We've got plenty more for you on our social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We call it Pet Buzz Plus. It's the best way for you to engage with like-minded pet lovers everywhere. So remember, Pet Buzz Plus. I'm pet expert Charlotte Reed, and I want to remind you how important it is to protect your pet against fleas, ticks, and mosquitoes with preventative tablets and topicals. By giving your dogs and cats preventative meds throughout the year, you are protecting your pet from Lyme disease, heartworm, flea allergies, worms, and more, causing unwanted and costly vet bills. Most importantly, these parasites can infiltrate your home, causing you and your family's health to be compromised. Remember, healthy pet healthy you. We know people love their dogs and many like to take them everywhere to lunch, to work, shopping. But dogs are only welcome in places where they behave. Our very own etiquette and pet trendologist Charlotte Reed discusses decorum for every occasion in her book, Miss Fido Manners, complete book of dog etiquette. She provides tips for behaving at home and on the street, eating in or going out. Plus, extending pet courtesy to others in places of business, being mindful of others while traveling, and treating veterinarians, pet sitters, and dog groomers with respect. With Miss Fido Manners, pet owners can learn how to behave appropriately in all kinds of situations. Miss Fido Manners from pet trendologist Charlotte Reed on Amazon. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? EpiPet to the rescue. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, epi-pet.com. EpiPet is another proud partner of the Pet Buzz. 
Now, here's another treat for you from Pet Buzz Plus. Pet Buzz Plus. Hi, I'm Maria from California, and I'm a listener of the Pet Buzz. I love my dog, Lily the Labradoodle, so much because she's the best roommate I've ever had. We have a blast together, hiking, going to the beach, and even shopping for her toys and treats. Life would be so boring without her. And I'm so excited to tell all you Pet Buzz listeners about my dog, Lily. We're kind of like your pet. We love being social on Pet Buzz Plus. Pet Buzz Plus. My name is Mike Ruiz, and I was born and raised in Montreal, Canada, and now I live in New Jersey. The thing that made me fall in love with Oliver was the very first time I met him, he was being fostered by a friend of mine whom I was visiting. I opened the door to my friend's house, and Oliver came running up to me, sat at my feet, and looked up at me with the most beautiful, big, brown, soulful eyes. And within 24 hours, I had filled out all the paperwork, and Oliver was my son. I've experienced a lot of discrimination with Oliver. We would walk down the street, and people would literally cross the street. We know when they would see us coming, you know, they saw like a menacing pit bull type dog. It's just found it so baffling because Oliver was the sweetest, gentlest creature that I've ever met in my entire life. Sadly, I lost Oliver in August of 2018. I wanted to commemorate him in a way that was very meaningful. So I got this tattoo of him. It's just such an amazing thing. Knowing that I carry him in my heart, I now carry him on my arm. My name is Mike Ruiz and Oliver and I are individuals. Hey, it's Dr. Mike Fleck back with you on Pet Buzz Plus. You know, summer is the peak time for transmitting heartworm disease in both dogs and cats, and your infected pets may die from the disease or develop debilitating health conditions. The deadly heartworms are transmitted from pet to pet through mosquitoes, so preventing transmission is really the best way to avoid contacting heartworm. So what do you do? I say it's important to use both insect repellents made for pets and prescription medication from your veterinarian. Please don't delay. Keep your loving four-legged family member healthy and free from heartworm by contacting your veterinarian today. For Pet Buzz Plus, I'm Dr. Michael Fleck. Now you know what your dog feels like waiting for you to go on your daily walk. Welcome back to the Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz, enhancing the bond between pets and their people. Well, we're back on the Pet Buzz with Mark Cushing, the CEO of the Animal Policy Institute, as well as the author of this great new book called Pet Nation. Let's pick up with this question because there's a huge opportunity that will get people excited or they're going to pound the table and go, hell no. So I can't wait to talk about where you go with that argument and, and, and with that with that realization about pets and people's well-being. So, um, you know, I agree with you. I mean, I agree with you, but this is something I always thought about a long time ago. You know, I remember um, one of my first really striking memories of pet ownership was based in a movie, which was based on the original murder on the Orient Express with the princess yeah. Dragomirov. Do you remember the movie yeah. holding up her two Pekingese? Yeah. And it struck me so funny. And I agree with pretty much everything you said. But what what I've always found, especially when you start looking at an element like travel and traveling with pets, the rich have always experienced the wealthy have, sure. and, and the royalty have always experienced the bond between pets. The majority of common people could never do that because they couldn't afford pets. So, you know, when you start thinking about historical perspective about pets, 
now in the last, you know, 50 or 60 years, more people have had pets. And of course, in the last 20, people are bringing them inside. But I think the wealthy have always received those benefits. And that's why they have captured pets in pictures in the 1800s and the 1700s. So I think that feeling existed, except it wasn't commonplace for everyone. That's a great point. A couple thoughts on that. I love the way you put that. Here's one of the things that changed. It was two advertising agencies, the one that handled Subaru and one that handled Nissan back in the 90s. Can you imagine telling the CEO of both those car companies, and those are middle-class car companies, Subaru and Nissan are not high-end, you know, they're not Lexus, Beamers, and Mercedes, right? Mm-hmm. And can you imagine telling the CEO when he wants to see next year's TV plan and, and the, you know, the tens of millions that they spent on that and hundreds of millions now, and they show them an ad that was a Subaru or a Nissan going down a California beach highway with the dog in the passenger seat smiling. And, and the CEO must have said, where's the facts? Where's the stats? They don't see anything about the engine, mileage. And they're like, no, that's, that's the point. It, we just want to show a happy dog sitting in a car. That's your brand. And I'm sure they were like, you can't be serious. And 10 years later, 20 years later, right? You can't turn on TV for, again, marketing aimed at the middle class, not at the elite. Sure. And there's pets involved. And, you know, for a long time, dogs and cats were laborers, except for the wealthy. I I love your point there, because cats came over as sanitation workers on ships. Your job is to eat the mice and rats so our food doesn't get destroyed and then clean up our streets and our cities. And then all of a sudden, you know, 150 years later, there's 100 million pet cats sleeping on top of your bed and, and treating us like staff the way cats do. You know, and what a transformation. And the, and the data on dogs, to me, uh, really highlights it. In 2015, in the study I sponsored through a national research firm, Americans with household income under $30,000, which is below the poverty line, owned dogs at the same percentage as Americans with household incomes of $100,000 and more. So dog ownership had become, just to your point, no longer an emblem or the privilege of the wealthy, uh-huh. but it was everywhere. And that's, that's the key. In fact, one of the concerns right now with the shortage of dogs and, and, and you know, COVID and the pandemic has, has accelerated that, is do you run the risk that they move back into being a luxury item? The golden doodle puppy now is about a $5,000 expense. And it's a mutt. (laughs) I'm sorry. I have to say that. I mean, don't give me a dirty look, Dr. Fleck. Veterinarians make a living off mutts. You know, no, it's sure. No, I mean, I only say that because and you can jump in, Dr. Fleck. I mean, you know, we support all dog ownership, right? It's not just about purebred dogs. So I always say I remember going to, you know, I have these seats at Westminster there on the second row and I enjoy, you know, going to the dog show every single year. And I remember my um, my cousin had went with me and, you know, she's very accomplished. She's the president of La Perla at a very young age, you know, Harvard graduate. And she is a little cockapoo. And she said, well, can I show Bella? And I said, well, unfortunately, you know, even though she was it's a lovely dog and beautiful. She's a mixed breed dog. So it's not being a purebred dog snob. It's just being like, you know, people are willing to spend five thousand dollars. And that's a lot of money. And you see you see it with people. And, you know, this doctor, because we had this talk on the show. 
Do you remember when we talked about people buying dogs on time? Yeah. Well, what's interesting with with with, with the designer breeds, as you say, the quote mutts, it, it, it tells you the price of dog hair, right? Because <laughs> as when you put when you put the poo at the end, it's because everybody figured out if you breed it with a poodle, it won't shed. And and who'd have thought that would maybe be a two, three, four, five thousand dollar differential? But it's an interesting thing, and and it's uh, so so now you know it, what evolved was dogs became people discovered what dogs could do. Then they did. Then they took dogs right out the front door figuratively into every corner of America. And part of my book's about that story. And that one's the most fascinating to me. And I, the best example is the travel industry. If you had told me 20 years ago, um, there's going to be a national hotel group, Kempton Hotels, which are really cool. There's about 120 around the country. And it will reach a point where they'll have a floor dedicated to non-pet owners. I'd have laughed and said, what are you talking about? You can't take a dog into a hotel 20 years ago. Now we've reached a point where certain chains reserve a corner of, of the hotel if you don't like pets, if you have an allergy. Otherwise, the pets are all over this hotel and get used to it. That, that has been as dramatic a change as pets coming into the workplace. But that was because of an a amazing study by Carrie O'Hara, PhD, who now I'm, I, I partner with in a number of things. And what she find out, she, she sampled 1,500 employees of companies of 100 employees or more. 1,000 owned dogs, 500 didn't. And it tested reactions to pets in the workplace. There was essentially no difference between the non-pet owners and the pet owners. They all liked the company better. They liked their boss better. They liked their fellow employees better if it was a dog-friendly workplace, even if you didn't own a dog in your life. Just the presence, the effect it had on your employees, just your ability to enjoy that. So now companies are scrambling, particularly as COVID hopefully reaches a new stage of, of, of normalcy. Companies are scrambling, as, you, as you've probably seen in, in Florida, to accommodate workers that are essentially saying, I don't really want to come back full time, particularly if I can't bring my dog at all. How about twice a week? And, and, and the, you know, 20 years ago, you would have been, you know, laughed at. And now it's, you know, the consultants are telling companies, uh, figure that out because millennials have pets and they want to be around them. Mark, we're up against a break. So we'll pick up the conversation in our next segment. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Are you part of the pack at Pet Buzz Plus? Hi, Charlotte. This is Terry. I'm from Arizona, and I listened to your show, and when you were talking about how your dog follows you around, follows you into the bathroom and all of that, I just had to reach out. I have a German Shepherd. His name is Thor, and he follows me everywhere. I am his mom. He always has me in sight, and he follows me everywhere. He sleeps in the bed with me. But this dog, I love him, and he loves me, and he is just amazing, following me everywhere, in the bathroom, into the garage, into the backyard. I, he's my shadow. I should have named him Shadow. My husband is jealous. Anyway, just had to reach out and share that with you. Love your show. Thank you. We love getting social with you on Pet Buzz Plus. Sure, I'm a little rough and tough. Somebody's got to me. I like the outdoors, camping, 
boating, riding in your truck with my head out the window. Yeah, I'll poop outside. Doesn't everyone? A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brace yourselves for big news. We're going to the place where all the action is. It's time for Pet Buzz Celebrity Pet News. The most sensational news. Fantastic. I'm so excited. You, 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 you ready? Here's pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. Hey, let's get down and dirty with celebrity pet news that's going to kick off this segment. And the topic for this week is Caesar Milan. Well, a lawsuit claims that the so-called dog whisperer, Caesar Milan, covered up the death of Queen Latifah's dog. The allegations come as part of a lawsuit filed by a gymnast, Lydia Matisse, who claims that she was attacked by Milan's Staffordshire Bull Terrier Jr. in 2017. Mattis's mother worked for Milan and she was visiting her mother at the office in Van Nuys, California, when she encountered Junior roaming around the halls unsupervised. It was then that the dog allegedly proceeded to attack her legs. Her injuries were said to be so bad that Mattis has been left unable to compete ever since. So, I mean, if you think about it, that's like four years for a gymnast. That's like death. Well, anyway, prior to the incident, Mattis had performed at a level 10, the highest level in USA Gymnastics Junior Olympics program. That's what TMZ reports. Anyway, according to Mattis' lawsuit, she wasn't the only victim of Junior's alleged violent behavior. He had a history of attacking other people and dogs, including Queen Latifah's dogs. Well, according to the lawsuit, Milan claimed that Latifah's dogs had been hit by a car and reportedly told his staff to reiterate this to Queen Latifah. So basically, this lawsuit by this gymnast who went to go visit, whose mom worked for Caesar Milan, was torn up by his dog, Junior. And in the lawsuit, she talks about how there was a cover-up, alleged cover-up at Caesar Milan's office about the death of Queen Latifah's dogs, who she had left to board and train there. Well, according to People, Junior has since died. The lawsuit is currently ongoing where Mattis is suing for an unspecified amount of damages. In light of the lawsuit, Milan has hit back at the former gymnast claim and said that she assumed the risk of being bitten because she knew the dog was dangerous. He also said that Mattis had been negligent but failed to explain. So realistically, I don't agree. I mean, he's got a dangerous dog in an office where not not necessarily a guest could come but what if the postman came by okay or what if someone was dropping off a package so just because she knew her mom worked in the office and there might be dogs doesn't mean that there is no covenant to keep dogs under control what's a shame is a promising gymnast now is going to be jeopardized for ever pursuing that area again For four years, she hasn't been able to compete. And if a dog has been abusive in the past, attacking, one has to be concerned, even though they've been trained, that that could be something in the future to be concerned about because you don't know what triggers it. Well, the lesson to be learned here for and and we've covered these stories and news in other cases that if you have a dog that's aggressive, he needs to be under control at all times or you have to make other arrangements. 
Can't get enough of the buzz? We're online at thepetbuzz.com with daily features including helpful tips from Charlotte, more flex facts, and a lot of ways for you to save on all of your favorite pet needs. Know what? What? Since I got adopted, I've learned a lot about these humans. Uh, I know. I mean, check out these two. It's Flirt City over here. Yeah, I noticed that. It looks like my human is definitely into your human. Oh, look! I think she's getting his number. Nice. Your human's got some sweet moves. Takes after his dog. (laughs) Oh, look, they're doing that thing where they put their arms around each other. She kicked up a leg. It's like in the movies. That's awesome. Looks like we're going to be hanging out a little bit more. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. It's genius. I like it. It's to die for. I like it. You know, Dr. Fleck, one of the things I always hate doing, and I hate clipping Hayden's nails. So if there was a way that I didn't have to clip them on a regular basis, I'd be happy. And I think we just found that answer. And joining us today is Alan Kasich, the founder of Casey Innovations LLC. He is here to talk about his new invention, Kitty Cure, which is a new way to maintain cats' nails. Good morning, yes, Alan. Thanks so good much morning for to joining all. us on the pet. To all your cat lovers out there, we love you. Alan, what's Kitty Cure and what motivated you to invent it? Kitty Cure is, is a grooming aid that catches the cat in the box, working off of its natural instincts to cover its own litter. Up until now, the litter box has never been complete. All it did was hold litter. By introducing this soft and gentle earthy material that's washable, removable, the cat is able to emulate what they do in nature when they dig. Kitty Cure eliminates the dagger tip of the cat's claw as it goes to the litter. Wow. I never thought about it like that. I do every day that I have to clip the nails on cats. And also because every day you guys getting cats in and out of the practice have to deal with litter box. Well, multiple litter boxes, multiple, multiple Multiple. litter boxes. So why is this so beneficial to a cat owner? It saves time. It saves money. It saves personal injury and furniture damage. It, in essence, changes the animal behavior. By eliminating this dagger tip, the cat doesn't have the need to go and find a piece of furniture to wear down the dagger. You know what piqued my interest? When Alan talked about money, because, you know, the economy, (laughs) everything costs money. Mm -hmm. Everything costs money. Just even thinking about, I mean, we've been fortunate that we don't have a cat who scratches furniture. But I almost every single cat owner friend of mine who has a cat, the couches are all shredded on the side. Even the cloth, the wood, even walls in a lot of people's homes are like torn up. Or the sores in your leg as the cat jumps sure. on your leg. Oh, doctor. The, the long nails. So true. This eliminates the cat scratch fever 
And if the cat is scratching in other places, all it's trying to do is wear down that tip. It's like having a hangnail. When, uh-huh. you, when you have one, you know where to go. You get a nail file. When the cats have this dagger tip, now they know where to go. They go to their litter box that has the kitty cure liner within it. And the beauty of this is you can put it in the box, you could put it on the wall or on the floor, wherever the cats like to scratch. But providing this material in the box, it really is a game changer. Okay, so here's what we need to know. How it, I mean, two things. One, I want to get back to the fact what Alan said. You have a lot of clients who actually older gals who do a lot of cat rescue and cat feeding. And you see them when they come in with the cats, their arms are scratched up, right? Absolutely. And cat scratching fever is a huge thing. It's a real problem. It's a huge problem. And it's put people in the hospital for weeks on end. So it's something you consider. But here's the big question everyone wants to know, Alan. Tell us how it works. It works quite simply. You peel and stick our kitty cure material to one's existing box. You put your litter into the box. And as the cat covers its litter, it drags across this earthy, soft and gentle material that wears down the tip of their claw. I think it's really cool that you mentioned that it's washable. So that means it's reusable. So how do you care for the litter box associated with your new product? Well, when it comes time to clean your box, you empty your litter, you wash out your box, the material becomes part of the box, and then you let the box dry and you put your new litter in. Oh, I see. So that's great. So, I mean, how long does it last for? We anticipate the product to last approximately 60 days during heavy use, because keep in mind that this box is used daily. And by putting this material in the box with this great adhesive, it becomes part of the box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, boxes are cheap. So, I mean, you could always just replace the litter box. Eventually they start to smell anyway, especially if you have multi multi-cat households. Yeah. And I'm intrigued too. So is this for every cat? Like if you have a small cat, large cat, uh, females, males, does it apply to all of them? <laughs> yeah, it sure, it sure does, doctor. This, this, this product is designed for any litter-bearing mammal. Wow. Cats of all ages, kittens love it. And again, it just gives the cat the ability to take care of itself, like in nature. And we, and we hope that this changes the way people perceive the cat claw because we want people to really bond with their cat and not suffer the consequences of a dagger tip. And it's going to save a lot of time, a lot of money, no scars. But the most important thing, like you said, Dr. Fleck, it's all about the bonding. It makes your cat so much more lovable and user friendly. Well, we're back on the pet buzz with Mark Cushing. We're glad he's back. I like it because it's intelligent pet radio. You know, Mark, I'm really so glad that you're on the show today because this has been a big, a big part of what we're trying to help with the movement. And we're really in the, the pioneer stage of this cultural change of attitude. I think that's what maybe what it's all about. And part of our show today will be expanding on that and the health part of it with veterinarians and the interpretation that sure. veterinarians need to deal with 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 the, the pet parents and 
their relationship with pets. For example, a pet turns eight years old. You got kids that are eight years old. It's different. Mm-hmm. And we have to understand that. And I think you're bringing that point out, out really well. They're part of the family now. They're part of our existence. And we need to understand what they need to help both of us in the relationship, our pets and ourselves. That's a, that's, that's a great point, doctor. And, and we're now at the point that nearly 60% of all pets in the country are owned by millennials or Gen Zs. 60%, all right? right. Baby boomers were the largest cohort, but now their children or grandchildren have changed that. And they've sent one clear message to pet healthcare and to service providers. We want the same quality and scale of healthcare and service for our pets as for ourselves, and we'll pay for it. Now, you would think the veterinary profession, uh, your profession, you would think that they would stand up and cheer, you know, kiss the ground every morning and go, I can't believe my good fortune. But they weren't trained at a time in a model of vet care that understood that. And it's still a challenge for veterinarians to take the view of pet healthcare through the eyes of the pet owner, right? Which, as you say, is both for the benefit of the pet owner and the pet. And the idea that you bring your dog in and we'll pick him up at the end of the day and we'll fix it. That's not millennials. You know what they want? They want advice. They would like you and they'll pay you for it to tell them whenever they want on the phone or through text, whatever, how to take care of their pet, what stuff means. And people will say to me, well, why would they do that? And the answer is we do it for ourselves, right? You know, I mean, I, my wife heads anatomy at Mayo Clinic's med school here in Arizona, and I get to go to Mayo for my medical care. You know, I want advice, don't I? You know, I get that one shot a year in my annual physical, but I'm getting information all day long, whether I want it or not from social media. And you want to learn how to take care of yourself, right? And, wh- and so it's just the same thing with people's pets because of the status they've achieved. And it's still, I think, you still have veterinarians who fear that this is a fad. It, just, it can't sustain itself. And that's been my main point in Pet Nation. We're literally just getting started. You know, people aren't taking their pets back to shelters now unless they literally don't have any choice. But you're not seeing people go, well, that was a fun COVID run we had with Sparky, but bye, Sparky. Good luck. You know, hope you make it. They're not doing that. It's, it's the relationship's too deep. Mark, we want you to stick around for another segment and talk about America's love affair with pets and their economic, social and cultural impact. Are you down for that? You know what? I I love doing it with you, two. If everybody would be as much fun as you. So uh, (laughs) absolutely. I've got it. Can't get enough of the buzz? We're online at thepetbuzz.com with daily features, including helpful tips from Charlotte, more flex facts and a lot of ways for you to save on all of your favorite pet needs. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? EpiPet to the rescue. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, epi-pet.com. EpiPet is another proud partner of the Pet Buzz. You are listening to the Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Hey, 
Hey, I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed, and research shows walking at least a half an hour every day can reduce a person's risk for heart disease and other serious illnesses. So regular walking is a great way to live a long and happy life. For most dogs, an hour of physical activity each day is necessary and will help them lead healthier lives free of disease. Walking a dog does not only have a physical benefit, there are plenty of psychological benefits for both the dog and the owner. There are so many smells, sights, and sounds in the outdoors that a dog is mentally stimulated every time he or she walks out the front door. Taking a dog on a walk will also help to solidify the strong bond between you and your animal. Give your dog some positive attention by doing what he or she loves. Take your dog out for a neighborhood walk today. Now, here's another treat for you from Pet Buzz Plus. Pet Buzz Plus. Hi, this is Barbara from Clear Lake, Iowa, here to tell you about my great little Portuguese podango named Gobi. He's my internal compass when I work too long, and he's a great little traveler. He's also a great cuddler. We love listening to the Pet Buzz. We're kind of like your pet. We love being social on Pet Buzz Plus. Pet Buzz Plus. My name is Michelle Schaefer. I'm the mom of three boys, and I'm from Haddonfield and North Wildwood, New Jersey. I met Aladdin through my work with Lilo's Promise Animal Rescue, and I foster the emaciated dogs that come into our program. Aladdin came to us. He had been dumped at the side of the road. He weighed about 18 pounds. He had broken bones, other wounds, and he was missing 12 teeth. He was the worst abuse case I had ever seen. The most moving experience that I've had while working with Aladdin were when we were first responders at the Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando, Florida. And Aladdin usually works off leash. He was on leash that night, and he led me over to a very specific person. And here, that man had been in the nightclub the night of the shootings. He and Aladdin shared a very special moment that really made me cry. Aladdin has changed the way I see the world in a million different ways. The main thing is to treat people with kindness and compassion. My name is Michelle Schaefer, and Aladdin and I are individuals. We know people love their dogs, and many like to take them everywhere, to lunch, to work, shopping. But dogs are only welcome in places where they behave. Our very own etiquette and pet trendologist Charlotte Reed discusses decorum for every occasion in her book, Miss Fido Manners, complete book of dog etiquette. She provides tips for behaving at home and on the street, eating in or going out. Plus, extending pet courtesy to others in places of business, being mindful of others while traveling, and treating veterinarians, pet sitters, and dog groomers with respect. With Miss Fido Manners, pet owners can learn how to behave appropriately in all kinds of situations. Miss Fido Manners from pet trendologist Charlotte Reed on Amazon. Well, we're back right now. Doc Fleck and I are back with author of the new book, Pet Nation, Mark Cushing. He's been a guest on the show before. We always love having him here. Lots of thoughtful insight in his new book that he's sharing with with you all and us, of course. You know, um, it's been such an interesting talk, but I want to talk about some of the things that are going on. I want to talk about I'm I'm a, a, a retired attorney. 
at my age. And uh, I was a compliance officer in a Wall Street bank. And um, I'm always interested in legal issues, especially when it comes to pets. And in the book, you write about uh, pet right, uh, pet rights uh, legislation and unforeseen legal issues that come up with elevating their status. So let's talk about that, because I think that's part of something that we're just starting to talk about um, at home with our friends, with our families. Great question. And lawyer to fellow lawyer, you know, it's it's always great. You know, it's obviously the ultimate profession to be an attorney. So congratulations. Uh, I, I, I question that statement. There you go. Well, let, wait, listen. A second. wait a second. You want to be a football player. If you had your way, wouldn't you want to be like a quarterback for Michigan State or something like that? Well, of course. Of course. So, of course. OK. But so, since I can't be that, I think so, a veterinarian <laughs> is top so, of the so, line. First, I'll give you, you know, I love I love data, Um, not just because my wife's a statistical geek, uh, a Ph.D., but um, and here's a piece of data you'll find interesting because I've told I told the whole pet world this as you have the success you're having and as culture and society changes in your favor in terms of how we treat pets, you put a bullseye on your back, believe me, for issues of politics and, and legal issues. My firm tracks 365 days a year, all 50 states, any legislative or agency activity concerning pets, veterinarians, and so forth, right? Three years ago, 15,000 pieces of legislation. This year, 25,000 pieces of legislation in all 50 states. The point is, there's a lot of interest in it. And part of it is right at your question. Well, if we treat pets as members of the family, if they are effectively, and I always say that's an insult to pets, they, they get a better deal than kids do. And, and pets don't turn into teenagers. So, you know, you, you know they, they're- They don't? Uh, not that I've seen. <laughs> I, I have five kids. I have five kids, my dog and two cats, you know, <laughs> piece, of, piece of cake. They break, break more things. But, uh, but in any event, um, there is this question of if- a veterinarian or some pet food or pharmaceutical injures or kills my dog. I understand that if I sued to try to get recovery, I couldn't get any emotional loss or companionship damages. These are called non-economic damages, a legal term that you're familiar with. And that's harsh to people, right? It's like, if my child, if that happened to a child of mine, I could do that. And it could be a lot of money doesn't replace their life, but it, but it's partly the, the compensation. And pets are treated as property. They're treated as property under the English common law. And I studied medieval and Renaissance history as a kid in college. Um, what a great career choice, right? But uh, that law has been around for a thousand plus years. So people challenge now the idea, shouldn't pets be given the status of a person or a child? And, you know, as a lawyer and as a lobbyist, I've been active for 15 years in stopping that from happening, which not because I'm mean spirited, but the impact that would have on the economics of veterinary care is is staggering is not too strong of a word because you then start practicing defensive medicine. You have to take every test just to cover your rear end, so to speak. And that's what's happened to human medicine. And, and it's, it's the source of huge damage wards. And a lot of the costs that are baked into the human healthcare system is doctors protecting themselves on the advice of lawyers to make sure if something bad happens, they're not going to be hit with a multi-million dollar reward. And there are people say, 
pets should be given that same status. And, and I've made the case that you close the door of access to pet healthcare for a lot of people if you drive that much cost into the system. Interestingly, state after state, blue state, red state, doesn't matter what the politics are, have rejected the suggestion to make that change. And that's a good debate. And PETA and organizations like PETA keep trying to push the sort of personhood of animals to treat gorillas and chimps as people, um, horses as people, dolphins as people, and ultimately dogs or cats as people. Um, some go to the extent of saying having a pet is like having a slave uh, and pets should be set free, which would pretty much only please coyotes um, who would wait and greet them as their owners let them go and said good luck. So um, that's a challenging issue. The best way to look at it, in my view, is if your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your favorite aunt or uncle, your grandparent, your brother is injured or killed, you don't get to sue somebody for that. It's only a spouse or a child. And you know that, that's a tough issue. My answer always seems harsh, even to vet students. Uh, I've given this lecture many times to vet colleges around the country. And, and I concede it's a challenging issue, but it's just a policy question. We don't have enough money to have everybody whose lives are affected by loss be able to recover. Um, so that's, that's been a really interesting battle. Uh, and then of course, the whole question of access for pets. Um, should a, you can't walk into a store as a member of, of a different ethnicity or race than the store owner and be told you can't come into my store because you're, you're, you're Latino. You can't do that. That's a civil rights violation. It should be, of course, it doesn't, you know, hopefully isn't happening, but it may still in, in certain places. There's the argument made, should, should a store owner have any right to bar a pet from coming in? They don't bar children as, in, you know, kids walk through stores and knock things over. Um, and that, to me, will be the next wave of issues with pets in part is pushing them further into the social sphere, the public sphere, with still 30% of Americans not owning pets and probably not appreciating it. So that's that's an interesting question. I know I've gone on a bit here, but. Um, no, I, I think it's fascinating because I think one of the things that I think that we deal with um, and I've had pets my whole entire life and you've worked with pets for a good part of your career is that people elevate, you know, you start thinking about why people elevate pets to a mini me type of status. And I think it's because in some ways we've lost our way. We've lost the way of actually, you know, our family dynamics have changed. Yes. Uh, and, and recently it's obviously it had a political impact has a lot to do with it. I mean, when would you think about 30 years ago, people not speaking to a brother or sister or parent because they are of another political party? I mean, we just never had that. We right. don't have a sense of community anymore. We don't necessarily rely on our neighbors. Um, and uh, we've been we, and some of that has to do with the uh, finances. Some of it has to do with greed and the and the role of money in our lives. Um, so we find now that we rely on these pets. You know, it's funny because I, I had an we had an interview with someone and, you know, we talk about relying on pets for comfort and companionship. But I think especially during the pandemic for a lot of people, pets have become lifesavers for a lot of yeah. people. They are a touch with reality. They are a way that we can. Uh, and, and this is an example from your book. They're a way that, you know, we meet somebody uh, at the dog park. And sometimes we don't even know the other person's name, but we know the dog's name. Yeah. It's, so we, it's, 
Okay, we're going to go. Thanks for a great conversation. Look forward to seeing you next week. Once again, that was Mark Cushing. We we're glad he's back. We're going to have him on on his regular, a regular. He part, he'll be part of the celebrity dream team at the Pet Buzz. Sounds good. What a wonderful person to I be know, part you of. You know, it. the funny thing is when we talked to him, we only got one question answered and then we just kept going. That's all right. Sorts of things. That's right. So it's great to have Mark back. We'll, we'll probably have him back next month and we could throw down with him and give our opinions. I like it because it's intelligent pet radio. Ever wonder what goes on inside the Pet Buzz studio? We post full-length video versions of all of our guests on our YouTube channel. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. Well, it's always too soon to wrap the show, but before we go, we want to give you a preview of next week's show. So next week, we're talking about common mistakes made by puppy owners, and, and we're also talking about how most pet owners are ill-prepared for veterinary medical costs. Mm-hmm. Don't you agree? Oh, I totally So agree. I think that's going to definitely be a good show. But you know what? Before we go, can you thank our guests? Special thanks to our guests, Mark Cushing and Alan Kasich. Of course, we must always thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin coat and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. Shampoos, skin and coat sprays, sunscreen, ear cleaner and supplements for your dogs and cats most importantly remember we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets peace out and pet love goodbye thanks for listening to the pet buzz with pet trendologist charlotte reed and dr michael fleck the pet buzz is dedicated to enhancing the bond between pets and their people if you and your pets need even more buzz we're online at thepetbuzz.com and our social media channels pet buzz plus the best way for you to engage with like-minded pet lovers everywhere My name is Michelle Schaefer. I'm the mom of three boys, and I'm from Haddonfield and North Wildwood, New Jersey. I met Aladdin through my work with Lilo's Promise Animal Rescue, and I foster the emaciated dogs that come into our program. Aladdin came to us. He had been dumped at the side of the road. He weighed about 18 pounds. He had broken bones, other wounds, and he was missing 12 teeth. He was the worst abuse case I had ever seen. The most moving experience that I've had while working with Aladdin were when we were first responders at the Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando, Florida. And Aladdin usually works off leash. He was on leash that night and he led me over to a very specific person. And here that man had been in the nightclub the night of the shootings. He and Aladdin shared a very special moment that really made me cry. Aladdin has changed the way I see the world in a million different ways. The main thing is to treat people with kindness and compassion. My name is Michelle Schaefer and Aladdin and I are individuals.